don't even know where to start with you. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with you. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with you too. I'm gonna cry. I think I'm gonna cry for sure. Whitney. <laughs> Monica. Come on. How are you feeling? Good. I mean, you know, I prepared myself mm-hmm. to, to be sent home so that I wouldn't be too disappointed. Mm-hmm. I didn't wanna be, you know, feel completely disappointed uh if it happened. So yeah, I mean, I was prepared myself for that, and my body has been through, I mean, I haven't had a day off in two and a half months, so my body's happy that it gets a little break, and it's bittersweet. I get to go back to Texas, so I'm feeling Like, good. I feel like you won. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, the, just the experience in itself, it doesn't really, I mean, obviously, I'm competitive. I would have loved to have stayed to the end, won, I mean, have another trophy, right? But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it was just the experience was really wonderful, and challenging which mm-hmm. I think is the most re- rewarding part of it what what was your reaction when you first got that email or call about do you want to be on Dancing with the Stars because that's when you know you're famous <laughs> that must have been surreal yeah I mean well here's the thing we went to the Dancing with the Stars tour back in March they invited us to come out they were in uh, D- the Dallas area uh-huh. on their tour so they invited me and the team to come out and watch so we did and then we got to go backstage and meet the cast. So I actually met Val back in March, and he is took, Val single? No, he's married. Oh, he's married. To, Love you, girl. I'm on your side. Sorry. He's married to Neve's partner, Jenna. Oh, good job. Yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, I'll stop flirting with you and tagging you. <laughs> no, he loves it. Keep doing it. He's, <laughs> Jenna's fine with it. It's it'll fine. make it'll make your sex life even hotter. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I met Val back in March. He took a picture of us and sent it to the producer because he actually, before I even officially met him, he said, I want you to be my partner on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. And of course, at that moment I was blown. I was, you know, (laughs) what? So, um, but I never got the call until a few weeks before the show. So yeah, it was definitely surreal. Although it had been already the seed had been planted mm-hmm. back in March, but I've been a fan of the show since the very first season. I mm-hmm. love Dancing with the Stars. Why is Dancing with the Stars so good? Like, what is it? I don't know. Well, first of all, just the dancing. I love, I mean, I wish that I would have taken lessons or something and actually had to, you know, gotten to experience ballroom dancing besides right. just this, this <laughs> few weeks. But, uh, I mean, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. And then you watch... I I didn't know how hard it was, but you watch celebrities come in and really make themselves vulnerable, and that's what it is. Yeah, it really is. You're watching someone um, triumph and try to fail. It's like there's some Schadenfreude in it, but it's also like Rudy. Yeah, watching Rudy. Correct. And then, and like I said, I didn't even know. I didn't know coming on that it was even as hard as it is. But it really is emotionally and physically difficult. So. I, I've just been a fan always. So. You have emotions? You know what? I do. And I didn't realize that I had that. I, I mean, that was, I think, the shocking part to me because I'm very confident in my world. You know, um, I didn't realize how inadequate I would feel. What? Yes. It was crazy. I got there and I was like, what, what is happening? Who are you? Yeah, it was crazy. Well, what? Like the, the queen has an insecurity? <laughs> yes. Huh? Marie Antoinette. Yes. And it was and it was brought out, you know, pretty, you know, it was very intense. And um, I 
yeah, I just kind of shocked myself because I always have this weird confidence in myself. Like, oh, you can do anything, you know? Weird confidence. Where does that come from? Texas, Texas. a weird confidence. Like, even since I was little, I thought I could do things that were great, that were ridiculous, you know? And Um, what was it? Was it, um, were you around horses and animals when you were young? No, and that's why I wasn't able to give Allie the experience that that I wish I could have with the horses. But um, no, I don't know. Some weird, just confidence in myself like and especially like when I was your brothers I have a sister older older okay and um you know I would just when I was growing up well I could be I could be a surgeon why not I mean that person did it you know what I mean just like it was like I don't know I never felt like if well if other normal people can do that why couldn't I you know top kind of what did your mom do she, uh, well, she was a teacher for a short time, and then she owned her own business. Well, she a woman that owned her own business. Yeah. In what? what? She was a, she owned a day, a very successful daycare. When was this? Well, she just sold it a few years ago and uh-huh. just retired. So, so you grew up watching a woman yeah. run a business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why not me? Of why not me? Why I mean, not me? Yeah. Why not me? I mean, I always kind of had a man's personality. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just like a weird, like entitled. I mean, just you know, I can have that. I don't deserve it yet, but I will at some point. Yeah, I mean, I never had, like, I never felt, like, I don't know, someone even asked me, like, if I felt, um, like, through my job, like, I was ever treated differently because Mm -hmm. I was a female. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I... Maybe I was, but I didn't notice it yeah, because I, I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. No, I've never thought that I couldn't do something because mm-hmm. I was a female. Yeah. Never. And so, you know, growing up too, I never thought I could not do anything. I mean, anything I wanted, I just thought, felt like I could do it. And so it was very strange to me to come out here. And oh, because you that. thought you could, you could. I could. That's what's know? so wild about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. you're a magician. It's like, And so, I mean, you know, I, I was up for the challenge. I just didn't realize that emotionally it would take such a toll on me, that I would feel so inadequate and so just... Um, is it because your bar for yourself is so high and you're such a perfectionist? You know, I think... I think maybe that a little bit, but I mean, I was, I was putting the work in. I was, you know, I didn't go to practice, never ask for a break. I mean, I, that wasn't a problem to Is it also me. stressful that, I mean, are cameras filming you at every practice? Yes. For Dancing with the yes. Stars? Every practice, which, but because of COVID, they were not, apparently, because I don't know anything besides what I know from being on there this year, but apparently in the past, they would actually physically be in the room with you filming. So you felt like you had people in there. Right. You know, but this year, because of COVID, everything was done like with robotic cameras, so they would just be. Wa- they were in a r- different room than us, but they would talk to us sometimes. It was it's kind of weird. That's because, weird. Yeah, it was weird because I felt alone in there, and we would be in the middle of a dance or do whatever, and they would say, "Can y'all?" Be-? You know, and I'd just kind of yeah. be like, "Oh, there's somebody That's watching surreal. us." Surreal. Yeah. So um, odd. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I was literally your inner monologue being broadcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, anyways, it was just a weird situation. Like, um, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think, uh, being getting here and then being intimidated, just like I know nothing, and I'm working with this professional Val, uh-huh. who's so incredible. You know, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to disappoint him. I'm, in my mind, I don't want to be that watched, person. You've you've been a fan of this show, yeah. And then you're on the show. (laughs) I'm on the show. And then when I got here, I was like, 
wait a minute, what if I'm not good enough? This is like know? the Truman Show. Is it? Doesn't it feel kind of surreal? <laughs> uh, the 2020's been surreal. This is I mean, like, is well, it? Hold the, on a second. The fact that I'm talking to you is surreal. Like, I'm in my now. I'm in my favorite show. I'm on Cheer now. I'm wearing a Navarro shirt. Like, I mean, this is just like very. We're in the Matrix. Life is a simulation. Wild, wild. So, when did you know that you were famous? Like, when did that happen? I mean, you know, here's what happened. In 2017, mm-hmm. I got approached mm-hmm. for, I got an email that said, hey, we've been trying to contact you. We want to talk to you about, we're the, it was a producer from Last Chance You, which is a very popular yes, show. Yes, that, on, that, yes, yes. Amazing, amazing documentary. Yes. So the, the funny thing is, though, my daughter's boyfriend uh, played football at Navarro his first, for his freshman year in college. So he was at our house watching Last Chance You. Just, this was just a few weeks before I got this email. And so, of course, junior college football, I'm interested. I stopped. I watched for a little bit. And I said, even to them, I was like, oh, man, I don't think our president, because it's a conservative town, mm-hmm. would would like this because there's so much cussing and just, you yeah. know. And so, uh, but I was so intrigued. I'm like, I love football so much. So I'm in junior college. Why do we love football so much? I don't know. I'm obsessed. It's a primal. Is it like our Rome, Roman Coliseum type thing? You know, it's literally sometimes I'm like, they're playing with a ball. Why do I, why am I so obsessed I don't know. And I don't, and it's like, like, I'm not even like a big football person, but when I'm with people and watching it, I love it so much. Much. I mean, just, yeah. The comfort, it brings me, whether it's our terror management or whatever it is, or like we're wired with this tribal need to root for and against, and you get to feel pride and triumph and glory, and I just, what's better than watching football? But then- what do we make of all this concussion stuff? I mean, I don't know. I, like, they're literally like, I feel bad. You know, hitting each other and they're just trying to get the ball over line. It's, I mean, it's like the most bizarre thing, but it's so it's, bizarre. Bizarre. But I'm obsessed with it and I love football. Do you think so. that at one point there'll be robots? <laughs> no. Will it be the same? I don't think it would be the same if there were robots. But who knows? I mean, no. video games. Look how many people are obsessed yes, with video we're, games. We're playing football and video I mean, games. Right? So who knows? We're, so, we're strange people. Uh, we we're, are so, we're animals. We're not people. We're animals. That's why. Right? We're monkeys. Yeah. So I mean, watching football there, I don't know if it's nature, if it's nurture, whatever, but it's like, what is better than just watching football? The the adrenaline. Just, adrenaline turns yeah. into dopamine. Yes. And then you go into overtime and it's like, oh, my God, (laughs) just talking talking about it. I mean, I remember I was dating someone who was um, a Patriots fan. I I hope this doesn't upset you. No. What if you just got up and walked out? (laughs) Um, uh, Patriots Boston. And uh, he (laughs) the the superstition stuff. I love is that. Are you very superstitious? So superstitious. So just. They would, um, the uh, Patriots would win every time I sat on a certain part of the couch. So I'd have to sit in the same side of the couch every game. And we broke up. And then football season came around. So you purposely sat on the other side? No, he called me. He was like, hey, can you come over? No, he didn't. (laughs) I was like, okay. I mean, we had broken up. It was like a horrible breakup. And I came back just to sit in the spot. And they won. I mean, they won. Crazy! That's hilarious. But I'm I'm kind of that way. It's like, almost religious. If if the team that I'm watching that I'm, you know, obsessed with is not doing well, I will move move positions. I've even gone to a different room and watched like this just to try to like okay, it's me. I'm bad bad vibes. I, I need to move. 
I'm, I'm causing just, the players yes, that are right? in Tampa what? to not be able to catch Correct. the ball because I'm sitting on a couch yes. and I'm that in crazy. Texas. Yes. <laughs> and I will change rooms and I'm like, I know. You're I know a witch. That I'm, I'm a witch. I'm, I'm a witch. Yes. I just am a witch. I'm, I'm literally crazy. I will throw brand new underwear away that if we lose at competition, done. Got to throw them in the trash. It was the underwear. It was the underwear. So, I mean, just some really bizarre things. I don't know. I ate a certain thing that day. I can't eat it again. I don't Never know. again. Never again. I'm <laughs> just crazy. It's just we need some kind of, it's meaning making. Yes. We just need something to feel like we're in control. For sure. Because we, but I love to be in control. So. What we do is so wildly out of control. So we have a false, it's a false sense of security. Yes. Um, it's just bizarre. Fascinating. Bizarre, right? Fascinating. I'm like, I'm smart enough to know better. <laughs> but I still do it. Like, we know this is not I science. Still do it. Yes. Yeah, this is and I still do it. Fully QAnon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is not science, but it's a ritual. How about R- that? It's a ritual. There you go. Ritual you go. is incredibly important. It is. It is. And so, yeah, but and, and with football, we get crazy. I mean, we really do. You've got to sit here. you got to eat this. We all have to be together. Mm-hmm. We it's how it. we bond. It's how we cope. It's how we... <sighs> Strange. And, we're in, and I'm from Texas, and football is everything in Texas. So, you know. We're going to talk about Texas in a minute. Yes. So, Dancing with the Stars, how's your body? Um, I'm obsessed with your body, by the way. Oh, Am I allowed to you. say that? Is Ronan yes. Farrell going to call me? Am I going to get canceled? <laughs> Am I objectifying you? No, objectify all the way, all you want. Um, no, my body is probably super happy right now. That <laughs> I'm going to have a break. I have not I mean I work out some mm-hmm. but I kind of like really felt like I was on vacation during quarantine I, when, mean, I was cooking and I was eating like I, I you, we try to eat kind of healthy uh-huh but I was cooking like I was on vacation Texas kind of healthy what's what's kind of healthy to someone well well I mean you know like fried you know, okra no <laughs> no no we we literally try to you know grill some chicken and stuff like that yeah that's and helpful. then you know eat Mexican food on the weekends yes got you it. know just kind of a balance yeah, yeah. 80, 20, maybe it's more like 60, 40. Okay. But you know. Yeah. Um, I, th- I had this balance. person come. Um, uh, my mother, as uh, you all know, I think maybe, uh, is from Sherman, Texas. So I have that Texas need to put cheese on everything. Oh, and yes. to put like Queso. everything healthy, you just have to ru- like, <laughs> ruin it. Uh, t- uh, iced tea. Sugar. Two, <laughs> two cups of sugar. Yes. Sweet absolutely. tea. Everything. And that's how I grew up. I mean, marshmallows on yams. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> those healthiest thing yes. in the world. Let's put, With a lot of butter. Let's put marshmallows and butter And brown sugar. It. Brown sh- And brown sugar. I mean, let's just, you know. Yeah. So that yeah. Um, that Texas sort of like need to do that, I, I get. Yeah. And I mean, I grew up the sweet tea and all that. But as I got older, you know, I was like, oh, I can't. I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, you know, <laughs> realize that you start gaining weight. You can't <laughs> do that anymore. So I really try to just kind of modify my I don't drink usually don't drink any calories at all uh, because to me that's such a waste. I'm like, ah, wine, no I'd wine. rather eat a cookie, you no know? Wine. Yeah. I would rather eat, yeah. I yeah. would I would just, I have to like decide what, where I want to spend my calories. Yes. And so I don't, I'm like, I would rather eat them than drink them. So Your I don't, I don't drink. so mathematical. I know, it's so strange. No, and it's good, uh, no, it's not strange. It's but yeah, ama- so I, it's so amazing and why are you? Yeah, so no more sweet tea. I cut that out years ago. Uh-huh. No more sugar in the tea. I mean, I love sugar, but I'd, if I'm going to have it, I want to eat a cookie no or a Dr. brownie. No Dr. Pepper. No Dr. Pepper. I used to that's, drink Dr. Pepper. Yep, that's our yes. Texas. That's Yes, but I once again, years ago when I decided I needed to cut back on some calories mm-hmm. for just to maintain. Yeah. 
the, the all the all the drinks had to go. Yep, yep. So snow cones, Texas yep, is. Gone. I, I remember growing up. Just there's just snow cones. Yeah, everywhere uh, on the side of the road. Yeah. There's snow cones. And yeah, absolutely. Like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to go to church, <laughs> and now I have to stop and get a snow cone. That's 700 calories right there. I'm just drinking red number five yes. and corn syrup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I decided to cut out something and. I like to eat, so you know, cut out the cut out the drinks. When I like watched Cheer, it mm-hmm. was such a it was such an it was so powerful for so many reasons, and we're going to get into why. But it was at a time where in Hollywood, everyone was talking about how women don't have power. I know this is going to get me canceled. Fine, <laughs> I need a day off. Uh, and it was like. The media was just all they were covering was like women are weak. Women don't get paid as much. Women aren't in charge. Women don't run shows. Women don't direct movies. Women don't have enough power. Women don't have power. Like it's like this narrative. And it because my favorite story is when I was um, uh, doing my last special, you know, it's our job as comedians to write jokes that everybody is, you know, <laughs> can relate to. We we're to talk about things that everyone is talking about. And everyone was talking about me, too movement in Los Angeles and I write an hour of jokes about sexual harassment. I go to first stop on the tour is Houston and I go out and I'm like, hey guys, like let's put a stop to sexual harassment. A woman in the front row went, girl, take the compliment and move on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think I might be in an echo chamber. I think I might be in a bubble. I think I, you know, and it was this thing of like, because I was like, yeah, this just isn't my experience. Like it's a, it's Hollywood um, gets to sort of like project this narrative. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time projecting this narrative that like no women had power anywhere. Uh, and then I watched Cheer and you come on and it was just like, you know, it just... <laughs> cancel that shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, going back to this weird, you know, I've just never, like I said, I, you know, I've never felt like, oh, I shouldn't say that or I shouldn't get the same thing as you. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've just never felt. I deserve I was, that. I'm yeah, enough. I'm enough. And, and I've never, if someone did talk down to me, I've never noticed it because I never went in with that mentality. Like I've never gone in feeling like because I was a woman, that I w- should be treated differently or... Uh, just never occurred to you. Never occurred to me. Never. And was this our, your conditioning? Was this your parenting? Like you were just... You had no, you were two just, sisters. It's my personality. <laughs> it's yeah. My, it's my personality. But also your epigenetics and your... Where is your ancestry? Texas? Alabama. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, so I'm originally from Alabama. Did my, you watch TV growing up? Yeah, I watched TV. Huh. But I just... I don't know. I, I really... I just... It's because I because I just like when I'm in Hollywood and all these people are like women don't. And I'm like, have you been to Texas, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Bitches in Texas are handling shit. Yes. You know, like it was just it's just not my experience. No, no. I mean, and I I honestly think that you you're in control of that. Like, I've never had a mindset that I was less than ever. So why, why would I why should someone tell me that I should? Like, we're all in therapy to become you. That's why I'm really just (laughs) trying to break this down and get very granular. And you know what else you have that is so, so incredibly powerful is you have this ability to only say what you need to say. (laughs) 
I know that sounds really no, dumb I, no, and obvious. I, I agree. I don't. I don't. You think I'm a very black speak. and white person too. I don't want. I don't want to add the extra. It's like this is what it is. You know. You are so direct and clear, and it is so hard for women to be that because most women are so conditioned to believe they have to apologize and walk on eggshells and yeah. shapeshift and make you feel comfortable and be apologetic and yeah. I don't want to hurt your feelings and I I I don't I can't tolerate your discomfort. Correct, and I've never and that's another thing weird thing to me. Like I don't understand that. Like I would much rather you tell me I look tired than be fake with me. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing. I wouldn't, I want to know the truth and and it's fine. Like, I'm tough. I can handle that. Because what you're doing when, when you're, uh, when you're people pleasing with someone, mm-hmm. you're actually patronizing and insulting them because you're implying they can't handle the truth. Correct. Correct. It's rude to be and nice. You know, back, right? Yeah. Back to Dancing with the Stars. This is bizarre. I, like, I've really keep going back to this in my mind. Um, the, I don't know if you watched or not, but the episode... They do the little package before you right, dance. Right. Well, there was an episode they did on mine and Val's relationship, partnership. And I had a conversation with him about how I didn't like the way he was talking to me. And so his fans were not happy that I spoke to him like that, you know. But I never, I would never speak to someone in a rude or condescending way. Like that was an honest adult. That was, that was actually out of respect. Out of respect. And an honest adult conversation that the two of us had mm. because I respect you enough for you to handle that and that I would I would want someone to tell me. And you feel like he was just being he was it's just you know, we got it all figured out. But uh <laughs> but uh you know, it was really it was really I, I told you I was already felt inadequate because I knew nothing and I'm trying to learn from ground zero when a lot of these other people had a lot of dance experience, experience and and stuff that so that you know, I'm like way before way back in the race before I even get started, you know. I'm starting way back here. But what you did have going in was discipline understanding of body control an incredible body and drive yeah so you know but the way that uh, his culture is i think that in a way i didn't realize this but ballroom dancing they're very cutthroat and very you know so the majority of our practices was it was a very condescending it was not very encouraging at all. And so I'm already hard. I'm already telling myself I'm not good enough. I just need a, a just throw me a, throw me a line. I just need a little bit of that. I need to know that you believe in me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yes. So and I think he thought because we got it all worked out. He thought that he was helping me and motivating me. Yep. By like basically throwing me into the sea, like sink or swim. Yep. And I'm like, hey, look, I already threw myself over. Now, can you, like, be my lifeline and help me out? Because that <laughs> is know? that Monica's strategy at Navarro? No, I don't I don't ever. Because you're like, you don't, like, no. don't play me, I'm the coach. It's it's sort of like I know how to motivate people. Yeah. I know how to motivate myself. I don't need you to motivate yeah. me. I'm a no, coach. Listen, I mean, nobody's going to push themselves harder than myself. So I don't, You no words will make me work harder. Yes. All you're doing is, like, you know, making my confidence go down lower. And yes. that's where that's the one piece I'm missing right now is confidence. So if you can help me there, uh, I can be so much better, you know, because you don't nothing. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to be my biggest critic. You know, yes, I want critiques. Yes. Tell me the truth. I'll, absolutely. But I need you to believe in me and I need to hear it at yeah. some point, even if it's just this much, just like just condescending you don't here. need to toughen me up i'm no, no, already no, no. tough enough like just if we could just just that much that just a yes. little you know 
And so it was a very respectful adult conversation. I mean, it was very I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that someone would be say be upset that that I told someone how I felt. Well, that's weird. Direct to me. women are triggering to people. That's weird. Direct, to me. V- direct people, direct women that ask for what they need and know what they need is terrifying to a lot of people. It makes them so scared, and it um, and they <laughs> attack. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's my entire career. <laughs> that's my career in a nutshell. That's my YouTube comments in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah, a woman so. being direct with a man, a lot of people get triggered. They see it as like emasculate. Oh. There's just so much programming. And I try to just have compassion for those people, you know? Yeah. Like the uh, uh, anyone that would be triggered by that has something else going on. Yeah, and it, like I said, it was such a short, small, like... Hey, la, 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 like speaking like you don't think Val can handle it. You don't think Val. Can I mean, he, you know, you don't think Val can handle the truth from you. Right. I mean, and and I mean, like we're both adults. Like, yeah, like, we're on I, a team. That's yeah, what we're we, on a team, and I we want the team to be great. So, anyways, it was just very strange to me to see some of the comments that people were upset that I actually had a converse, a respectful uh-huh. conversation yeah. about. How I felt. Yeah. Well, that's. Strange. But you in that moment were being the best teammate you could be, the best I mean, performer right? you could be, the best yeah. athlete you can be. But yeah. that's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm fascinated by people that got famous, <laughs> like without a like ramp up. Uh-huh. Like you just kind of got famous. I, and, I, and I wasn't Ov- prepared. Like, was it a- overnight? <laughs> I mean, this could have truly been overnight. Like, so yeah. comedians, uh, you know, people like me, like we had like, some people knew about it. It was gradual. Mm-hmm. So I got to kind of build up my tolerance to negative comments yeah. and, and, and I got to um, get used to the amount of energy that comes out. Yeah. Yours was just like cataclysmic. Oh yeah. I got some really nasty messages right after the show came out. But it's all, it's just, yeah. tri- it's just people that are in pain. Yeah, and I mean, like, honestly, 95% of it was positive, yes. but that 5%... But the, the 5% the, is the only thing the we five, focus on. Yeah, I mean, the 5%, and I'm like, were they... You don't not, focus they, on what's going right. Well, we I'm focus like, on are they not wrong. athletes? Do they not understand? I mean, I, yeah. I just couldn't... It was a bizarre, once again, bizarre to me. But they like, just projected onto you. Mama, mama, yeah. you were like that, you know, and so. um, I always say, like, uh, that when I perform within the first... 20 minutes, it always goes well, but like at 25, 30 minutes, someone in the audience always snaps. <laughs> They're like, ha, ha, ha. And then I just turn into their mother, their ex-wife, the woman that wouldn't fuck them in high school, or girl, not woman. <laughs> Ooh, that got weird. Um, and they project onto me, and then I hear like a cunt, like just a woman holding a microphone, doing a very masculine job, talking, you know being in charge, being powerful. No one else is allowed to speak. It just, some people time travel, their inner child comes out and they're just like, mom, mom. Yeah. It was so strange to me. Because you are so penetrating. I mean, your presence is so intense. And it is so, it is so, <laughs> I, I don't think I could have handled it when I was 25. I would have probably been defensive and terrified of you. And, and, you know, and I try to, like, they, I'm they still are terrified they are, of you. Let's be honest. They are definitely, a lot of people are intimidated uh-huh. by me. And, and it's just my presence. And I definitely have a resting bitch face. So, <laughs> and I try to tell the kids, like, listen, that's my thinking face. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I think a lot. Yeah. So, like, don't be scared to come up and talk to me. I'm open for any conversation at any time. Don't let my face scare you away. Because, yes, I. I'm very serious and I like to think. And if I'm at, at my job, I'm thinking about how to make 
the team the best. But you whatever know? someone's, <clears throat> whatever someone, you're such a perfect mirror. Whatever someone thinks you think of them is what they think of themselves. Because you're yeah. so clear and direct and honest that you just become a mirror, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Which is just like fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. I'm just like fascinated by it. And that. you know, that's why you have to be careful with your words. Yes. You know, be direct, but also give them that line. Like give them some feedback that's going to make them know I still believe them. If it's an, if it's something they need to work on, but I want them to know I believe in them. Because yeah. to me, that's such an important piece. Like what, when you start doubting yourself, you don't perform very well. What is your philosophy on, like, I guess by the time the athletes get to you, they're already so, such a high level yes. performers yes. mentally. Uh -huh. Like, sure. do you have strategies of like how to motivate people? Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, everybody's different. So that's, First of all, number one, not everyone can handle the same type of directness. Yeah. Some people you can be super direct with, and some people need that very good positive sandwich where it's a very good little positive critique, yes. and then you sneak that little directness in, and then you top it off with a positive critique. You know what I mean? So you just And you just have the gift <clears throat> of being able to ascertain that really Well, quickly. you can tell, like you can see the look on someone's face a lot of times, and, you know, sometimes I'm surprised at at some people that I think are, you know, they're very sensitive and I don't get it at first. And I'm like, oh, they're very sensitive. Let me kind of go in a back door here. And, you Which know, is why sure <clears throat> more women should be coaches because women are just better at reading faces than men are. Sorry, yeah. it's science. Cancel me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you can ascertain what motivates people who's yeah. sensitive and then cater your coaching style to them. Correct. And you have to do that. So I didn't realize, and I didn't, you know, I was very young when I started. I just loved cheerleading so I didn't I mean this wasn't even supposed to be my job but I ended up there so <laughs> um but you know I I uh didn't realize that oh you're not gonna have to just be a coach you're going to be a mother a psychiatrist a yep. counselor yep. Yep. uh all these things and yes. so I've like learned as I've yes. kind of gone life along. coach social worker yes. I mean, <laughs> documentary star famous yeah. person <laughs> ballroom dancer you know podcast guest so, you know, Instagram's I mean, influencer <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it it's 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 a lot more than just going in and coaching cheerleading. It's you know, I mean, they're there. I'm their, I'm their lifeline. I'm their vow. I have to, you know, make sure they don't sink and that that they stay afloat and you know they it, flourish. So I got to figure it out. It's just so interesting because it's like you know we talk a lot about on this podcast, and I wrote a book about codependence which we define as the inability to tolerate the discomfort of others you know mm -hmm. it's like my sort of big like life's work has been being able to tolerate the discomfort of others right mm -hmm. and um letting them have the dignity of their own experience you seem to have just inherently gotten that and like what are you ever like that's too much that's too far like how do you know how do you inherently know that adversity is good for kids and people you know I don't know I think just experience uh -huh. all the all my years of of coaching and you know I mean I you just know what it takes to be a you, winner you, you you learn through failures I mean yeah. honestly that's the biggest thing like you losing losing or looking back and realizing you didn't do something it turned out differently than you thought it would. I mean, the, those are the biggest learning moments, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how you learn. If yeah. we all just were one all the time and everything was rosy. There'd be no contrast. There would, yeah, we wouldn't have no reason to go, oh, we should do better, you yeah. know, or, or no experience. So I think just all my years of experience in 
you know, learning through failures, learning through like, oh, that I didn't get the best out of that person. What did I do wrong? Because I, I, even now, like at the end of the season, I'm like, what could I have done better this year? You know, look back at each kid like, did I get the best out of them? Because it's so psychological. It is. It is so psychological. And we have learned over the years. I mean, like most of our, a lot of our preparation is psychological. Like we put ourselves and and that's just from me going to competition and getting there and going, ooh, this feels very different than it did at practice. You know what I mean? Because now I've got now you're here. Yeah. And so we try. I've tried over the years to set ourselves up psychologically to be in that moment, so that when we get there, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So our preparation is very, you know, it's it's we put ourselves in. We walk to. We walk to the clock tower before we do a full out because you have to walk across the street from the warm up to where you perform. So I, I don't want them to go to feel like, oh, we just warmed up, but now we have to walk all this way. That's going to make me not be able to do my routine. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So we, 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 we use a clock and we do, every, you know, minute by minute how the warm up's going to be. You have now you have two minutes to go to the bathroom. That's how many minutes you're going to get today. You know what I mean? Like that's just. You want to feel rushed. You want to feel all that panic that you're going to feel there yeah. at practice. Olipop. I'm so obsessed with Olipop. Here's my problem. I hate water. Yeah. Is this going to lose me a water sponsorship? We might have one. You know what? So let's just take, let's roll it back. <laughs> you prefer soda. I just love healthy soda. <laughs> mm-hmm. My dream in life is healthy soda. I am from, you guys know this about me, uh, in West Virginia, Virginia, we drink soda. Listen, nobody loves a, a soda more than me. <laughs> they just don't. And these are actually really good because these are healthy alternatives to sodas. They have delicious nostalgic flavors, vintage cola, classic root beer, no, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla. The cherry vanilla is my favorite. Like, it, it's like um, there's a nostalgic feeling of like, Going down and getting some pop. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Open the can. Open the can. No, on camera. Yeah, you're supposed to. Okay, ready? Oh, that sound just makes me feel like I'm about to go to the carnival. Olipop has much, much lower sugar than conventional sodas. Did you know that? There's the products are non-GMO. They're vegan. They're paleo, and they're keto friendly. Only eight net carbs. It makes me mad. Like I. I get paralyzed doing these ads because I'm so mad that I didn't have this when I was a kid. I drank the trash soda. I drank the chemicals and the lead. Yeah, but that worked out. Let's move on. <laughs> you guys get to have healthy soda. Listen, they're so confident that you will love their product that they offer a 100% money-back guarantee for orders placed through their website. We worked out an exclusive deal for the Good For You podcast listeners. Receive 20% off plus free Packaging shipping. is excellent. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all their delicious flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash Whitney and use code Whitney at checkout to claim this deal. That's drink, D-R-I-N-K, Olipop, O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash Whitney. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. Olipop can also be found in over 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Erewhon. But look how cute the packaging is. It makes it different. It's nostalgic. It gives you a perk. Like, how cute am I? It's like you bought it at like a, at like a retro store. It makes me feel so cute. Is that like, the root I'm, beer? Yeah, I'm just, I'm Liv Tyler in a record store in the 90s. I'm a cowgirl, Dolly Parton vibes. 
You think those people drink soda? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Apostrophe. <laughs> a prescription skincare company that connects you with a dermatologist online who can prescribe you products to meet your skincare goals. Let me tell you a secret. Trying to get a dermatology appointment in L.A., it's like months to have someone like pop a pimple. Nightmare. It takes forever. I need, I need it now. Yeah. I have skin today. <laughs> I'm not growing it slowly I over the course of this. Immediately. When you call a dermatologist and they're like, yeah, come in next week. I'm like, I have a zit now for my date tonight. Yeah, prescription skincare is hard to come by, and it works, which is why it's usually expensive. But Apostrophe makes prescription skincare that you'll actually want to use, and it's affordable. You'll see board-certified dermatologists online. You're going to go on there. I, we did it. You genius. fill out a simple questionnaire about your skin concerns. Um, you take a few snapshots of yourself, uh, like makeup-free selfies. Send them in so they can see your real skin. And then they're going to get on, back with on. you with a Slow customized down. plan. Slow down. I'm, I don't know why I'm letting you just read this. I'm not. Like, That's like, my real experience I, that I really did. I, but I'm saying <laughs> this is like th it happened. It's time. It. We are so lucky we get to be alive at a time where you get to send a photo of yourself to apostrophe. And a dermatologist is going to give you feedback. Yeah. Unbelievable. Magic. We're lucky to be alive in a time somebody will accept a photo of me. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this is... If oh, I'm so mad that this wasn't around. And that it's effective. Their prescription creams come in airless pumps to ensure mm -hmm. that there's potent ingredients stay effective and that no gross stuff from your fingers or hands gets in the jars. But can you explain why that's important? Because your fingers are covered in gross stuff. So when you scoop your hand in there, it contaminates your clean product. So you shouldn't be just, you shouldn't be fingering your cream. Yeah. Also, some products are sensitive to light and air. And when you take the lid on and off. It, I didn't know any of this. It, yeah. You don't read any labels. I don't. Tell me more. I mean, what else do you want to know? Just cream. Am I supposed to put it in the fridge? Some of them you can. Some of them are better that way. Um, it'll usually tell you on the box if you should. Everything's on the box, guys. It's all on the box. <laughs> Legally has to be on the box. Legally has to be. But apostrophe, like, takes all the rigmarole out they do skincare nightmare they give you they're going to give you what you need for concerns like breakouts dark spots fine lines and recalls and even redness they can help correct all the stuff you go to a dermatologist for that you need real help for because you're being connected with real dermatologists get your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com for only five dollars when you use code whitney this code is only available for our listeners to get started just go to apostrophe.com and click begin visit then use the code whitney at sign up and you'll get your dermatology visit for only five dollars that's apostrophe a-p-o-s-t-r-o-p-h-e.com apostrophe.com and use that code whitney to get your dermatology visit for only five dollars and we thank apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast i'm so fascinated by how you rep it's impossible to replicate the experience of showtime correct right so it's like stand-ups we always say like when you shoot a special that's going to be your worst set mm -hmm. because it's the first time you've done it this way mm -hmm. you've been practicing that's what's you know it, it, yeah I, I think so much why i'm so con um obsessed with you is like it feels so much like stand-up because we spend a year practicing a special you mm -hmm. go all over the country you practice and then you have one shot one night and you tape it yeah and then it's always going to be your worst <laughs> yeah because you've 
done it almost too much and there's cameras flying everywhere and the audience knows there's cameras so Mm -hmm. you can't really capture um, the true electricity of what it's Mm -hmm. like to do live. Um, But uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, when he practices, he films himself live on Facebook and then has lots of hot girls watch. (laughs) (laughs) Like he he does whatever he can to try to duplicate sort of the day. Yeah. But there's really no way to create that environment. No, you can't create it. But, you know, just preparation to get as close as you can. Can, yeah. You know, and I definitely agree with, I mean, we do this a lot too during practice. We will go in and do pyramid reps. And we, you know, um, over and over and over when we're really tired. Yeah. Because if you can hit it then, when you think about that, one time you have to do it when you're fresh and you have adrenaline and it's, you know, yeah. uh, we put ourselves through that a lot. Like we want to do, we want to do the routine when it's super hard. We want to do the routine when we're really tired. We want to do it. Yeah. Guess what? You don't feel good today. Oh, well, sorry. What if you don't feel good that day? Let's, yep. You're going to, all you're doing is building confidence in yourself when you can do it. When, if you put it, if you do it, when you're in all these different situations, when you're tired, you're sick, you haven't slept you're stressed out, whatever. Because you're think prepared about prepared for yes. every iteration every, of you. Yes. And to me, that's the best thing you can do is prepare. Preparation. No curveballs. It's preventing curveballs. Yes. Yes, because it's such a mental thing. As soon as something weird happens, then you put yourself in, you, you start doubting yourself, you know. And I mean, it, with the cheer show in 2019, when, when Austin got hurt, had we not prepared so much for that competition i don't know that we could have under those crazy circumstances gone through someone in the routine and came back and did the routine like we did if it weren't for the way we prepared i mean what's going through your head when you're watching (laughs) your kids in daytona like are you like what's goes on in your body well you know like we need to do a brain scan of you (laughs) watching The routine at Daytona. I mean, it's such a weird feeling because it's out of my hands at that point. Like, my part is done. It's done. I've just spent all these months putting everything that I had into the preparation of this moment. And now it's out of my hands. And so you just take a deep breath. And I'm literally watching... Not like for the energy. Emotional. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so it makes me emotional. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a weird. Like I don't even get to enjoy it because I'm just like, did you hit? Did you hit? Did you do it, boom, Roger? Boom, you know, I'm, I'm watching all those things, and as we're like checking them off, the, you know, it's building up to that excitement. Um, but wow, like when Austin got hurt, I was like, what? It, I was like, oh my god, he fell. And I mean, he if he would have had the thought of, I mean, if I would have thought that he would ever have fallen there he wouldn't be doing that part in the routine yes, you know what i mean that's right that's right we wouldn't have had him in there yeah so for that to happen i was like oh my god he fell and then i thought his shoe came off because he was trying to pop his ankle back into place and so <laughs> no and i'm like okay his shoe came off and i'm and i'm watching him and then he starts hopping i'm like okay now he's, oh, I, he's hurt and i'm like he better hold this pyramid up <laughs> He better make it to that pyramid. But then they stopped the music. So I was like, oh, my God. I mean, crazy. Just insane. Why is it in Florida? Why? What is Daytona? Is there like a significance? Just you curious? know, it used to be in Dallas. When I first started 25 years ago uh-huh. was the last the last time it was in Dallas. And I think they just wanted to 
amp it up, yep. make it more appealing, yep. put it in this, you know, right next Ocean. to the beach. Yeah, it's I'm outside, just it's by the beach, yeah. you know, all about the environment. Sure. And, more cinematic. You know, so it is what it it's is. Because I'm always like, Florida, it rains and it's humid. Because yeah. that's the first thing I was thinking was like, it's humid and they're going to slip on each other. Well, the biggest thing is it's windy right next to the beach. Yes. And so like I always get really worried about two things, the wind and the sun, because it's outside. And so depending yeah, on Yeah, at time four o'clock, that light yes. is going to hit you. So we always are like, what time are we going to, looking forward to the schedule coming out? Because there's a time of the day that, that when you throw those stunts up, the sun is right <gasps> there. And, it, and so we practice outside. That's why you see us practicing outside in the show, because we want to get, and we put ourselves as much in the sun as possible so that that doesn't freak anyone out. You know, I mean, you just have to... It's like... It's it's weird. It's, it's You put it, them in every possible situation Correct. that could happen. Yes, listen to this. This, I guess I should say this. We can cut stuff out later. Well, anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can tell me to cut I out. mean, this, uh, yeah, because I haven't actually announced this yet. But oh. we're building, uh, we, we just bought, we haven't gotten it delivered yet. Um, I've been trying to do this for three years and I finally got it approved paid for and everything but we had this person build us a stage that we're going to build outside uh right like the like about three weeks before Daytona they'll build it out you know in the show where we're in that parking lot yes 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 build it out there and we're going to practice on it because the other thing that's kind of strange and is when you go to finals, it's on a stage, so there's a little bit of a bounce. Yeah. And we don't ever get to practice. That's the one thing that we can't ever, you know, Anticipate, practice. Yeah. yeah, because we don't have a stage to practice on. And so that's the one thing that's always like, oh, I hope they, like when Austin fell, like it's just different when you're tumbling and you punch. So sometimes you could over, you're used to punching so hard yeah. on that dead floor where you have no give. And then you get up there on the stage and you've got adrenaline and you punch. You could easily over rotate. Just things can happen, and so yeah, that's so wild that there's not some kind of like standard floor that yeah, everyone practices yeah. there. You don't have a heads up. On so it. yeah, and so I was like, the difference between having an Achilles heel and not. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm like, if if that's the, if we could only have a stage. Yes. So for years, I'm like, we really need a stage to practice yeah. on, and but it's not just a stage. This thing is huge because we have to put our entire floor on top of it. You know. So I've been I've like been working on it for years you know gotten the car you know like a plan made i had to go get like an engineer to design it and the cost of it and stuff so finally got it done it covid put we were supposed to actually have it before daytona this year but then covid happened and things got weird so some of their parts got delayed so uh but anyways it is in the works so hopefully it better be ready before this next daytona what like, I am so fascinated by what you do, and I am going to ask some really dumb questions. Oh, no, I, never, it's like, no it, question it's is so, dumb. It's so interesting to me. How do you know how long it's going to take for a routine to be learned? Well, once again, experience. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, Cause like I if think I can say anything, it's my experience that really yeah. matters because... I learn every single year. Yeah. Like, oh, I sh- what should I do different? You know, yeah. and we're in such a good, we have such a good routine. Like, not routine as in for the, like a structure to our practices now yeah. that our I I know by you know what how many weeks out we should be do looking like this or yeah. you know what I mean? Yes, so, yes. Like you have the have markers in your head. Yeah. yeah. And so I know, like, in the fall, I know how busy we're going to be. Normally, not this year because of COVID, but normally with all of our 
responsibilities, football, uh-huh. basketball, volleyball, community yeah. service. But it's all, they're also something, because I remember when we did your show um, on YouTube, the mm-hmm. cheer chat, uh, or no, I was watching another cheer chat and Gabby and all, all, everyone that was on, mm-hmm. or maybe I was just in upset. I was just Googling you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just obsessively Googling you. And there was something where um, Lexi and Gabby and you had to like learn a routine really quickly, like off TikTok. And then just do it. Oh, that was a Netflix thing. Uh, maybe, I, I maybe think, I don't. But know. I remember it just it was like you know the game Simon. Remember when you had yeah. to like remember that? Yeah. Like they just did it. They watched it and then they just did it. And I was like, No, these kids that are, would have taken me. Yeah, a lot of these kids they 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 have so much experience. Like they've done cheerleading since they were little. They've they can learn a routine really quickly. And not only that, they'll like especially the guys. They'll learn. They'll know. 20 different all-star teams routines and they can come in and do the whole from beginning to end the whole they'll mark the stunts they'll do the the dance and everything i'm like listen <laughs> y'all can do that but you can't remember your history for your history test yeah, right. y'all need you can't to remember your, you, and your, you can't remember <laughs> you and your girlfriend's anniversary yes, you can't remember I your mean, girlfriend's birthday yeah but there's i'm just obsessed with the brains of great athletes yeah. and what makes them in a you know larger hippocampus or a, a, a less likely to be activated amygdala which makes them less fearful like i mean it's just i'm just obsessed with yeah the, their ability to do that yeah no they're they're yeah, because Gabby, we were good. on, and she was like, sorry, I forgot what time it was. And I'm like, but you memorized that dance in 10 seconds. Oh, God. And that <laughs> bless her heart. She's just late. She's so laid back, too. <laughs> She's like, I'm like, Gabby, do you need me to call you and remind you? But You know, I just think that, like, there was so, there was so much healing that happened when I watched um, the show because, you know, Gabby's parents were so triggering to so many people, and I'm so glad. And I talked about it on the podcast when it came out and I was defending them uh, uh, so much because, you know, it's like it just made me real. It it made me forgive my parents in a really big way. It's going to make me emotional because I remember just going like you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't. If you try to help your kids and if you show up at every practice, you're you're overbearing. And if you don't show up at all, you're a deadbeat dad. And it it revealed a lot of sexism towards men that a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't talk about. Mm -hmm. And she's in the shower and he went and talked to her in the shower. Like, what? Like, where? why did your mind go there? Like, it was just like, (laughs) what? I would love for my dad to have come and, you know, say, let's get, you know. So I just... It was interesting how triggering it was to so many people. Yeah, I had no idea that that people would be so triggered by them. Yeah. Because I guess I know them. Yeah. And you know, that's just that's just who they are. Yeah. You know, but they love so hard. They love but it's also I think it showed us I think what anytime we get we get critical of other people. It's yeah. because it's reminding us of something in ourselves yeah. that we do or we have, yeah. right? So but I remember. I mean, you're so right. That's such a good point. You're you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. You don't. I remember like, and I got in a really big fight um, with Brendan Schaub on the show about it because uh, they were like, he's put. They're pushing her too hard. It's like that's what makes an ec- excellence. Yeah. That's why she's her. She's exactly. getting She's getting paid to hold up a bottle of shampoo. Yeah. Like she should be <laughs> sending him an edible arrangement. Yeah. You know, so I just, it, it really revealed like some double standards with uh, uh, fathers uh, yeah. to me, you know? And I think there was just a lot of people projecting going like, well, why and, is, why is he making her start a bikini line? It was like, but, but what if she was a boy and he took her to every football that's know, right. camp from that's the age right. of five? That's right. I mean, that's right. Right. 
So, That's right. You know, which so, happens all the time. Yes. So they bring these kids up to be great at something. Yes. Yes. And that's that she was just that was her talent. Yes. You yes. Know? So I, I it was just it's interesting how much that brought up. But it, it really, um, you know, because my dad re- was sort of uncomfortable with having girls and he we could only really connect through sports, um, through basketball, mm-hmm. you know, that because that's, you know, for men in that generation, it was a little bit like, OK, shoot the ball. Like, let's, you know, <laughs> like that's how we connected. We weren't going to yeah. do tea parties and dollhouses together. Yeah. You know? So when I saw their relationship, I just thought it, I, I thought it was awesome because I was like, yeah. oh, this is how he knows how to show love to his daughter. And he's not treating her like a daughter. He's just treating her like his offspring it's not yeah gendered you know yeah it just felt it felt awesome yeah no they are great people great yeah. people I and mean, i think flawed parents make really good parents because yeah. then the kids start to develop survival mechanisms yeah. and they get tougher and stronger they just you know they just put themselves out there yeah. they don't care yeah. and you know where some people try yeah. to be so yes politically correct yes. and whatnot they don't give a yes. shit i was like <laughs> i know these people i know care. these people like when they i was a kid care. and you'd go to your your friend's house for a sleepover <laughs> and the parents would be fighting yes. you know what I mean? like, like i know these people I mean, they knew they were being yeah. filmed when they were sitting on the couch and she was like that's you know? what's so great about you <laughs> tell the story that you tell the story awesome. like that's what was so great about yeah. it i was like i love that you guys are pretending you're the perfect yes. couple right exactly because you know? that's the thing if they had sat there and been like yeah so anyway honey we would have been like there's something off about yeah them. like either way we would yeah. have had yeah. some kind of criticism you know Correct. so i think it's just like there's a it's a it's a no win for sure in a in for a sure. really big kind of way and then also it's like i really had a really big breakthrough with um Watching it because my gut reaction was sexist. It made me realize, like, because I grew up being jealous of the cheerleaders. <laughs> I was a basketball player. I uh, When I lived in Roanoke, Virginia, uh, the cheerleaders, like, you know, I just had this thing of, yeah. like, oh, the cheerleader, you know. Stereotype, definitely. Yes. For sure. I 100%. And then you, I love that it was obviously addressed um, in cheer. And it, it just... It made me, um, it helped me evolve. It helped me yeah. grow and edify. And it's yeah. just like, and you know, I think that why com- do sequins, why as soon as I see sequins, well, I get judgy. It's because I, I think back in the day, yeah. that's what cheerleading was. Yeah. Back long time ago. Yeah. It was a popularity contest. You go, you try out from the school. And the most popular girls make cheerleader, right? Like yeah. that's back a long time ago. And, and I then think we're and programmed. Then movie, I think my movies generation. Come out, yep. Movies come out. Yep. And that's Break they it put on. the stereotypical you know that's that's the story catty they don't like us i have this thing in my head that cheerleaders don't like me and i'm not cool enough yes and that's they're gonna be mean to me correct movies but see what happened was back in the in the 90s maybe late 80s early 90s all-star cheerleading came about so um these now now it's huge it's a huge industry but you know there's gyms all over the country where you can take your kid at one year old. I mean, yeah. however old, you know. Yeah. But they start cheering, doing these little teams, even when they're like three, you yeah. know. And they come up. So these so are kids. Cute. These are kids from all different walks of life. You know, they're not the popular kids in school. They are just kids that some of them. That's the only safe place that they know of. You know, they're maybe they're even different. They don't feel accepted in school, especially like some of the gay boys. Yeah. I mean, like this is where they feel safe. 
And it's so it's not that at all. You know, you see all these broken kids and that's the one thing that they that keeps them. That's their happy place. It keeps them going. And so one place they have permission to be themselves, themselves. Absolutely. And so it's not masculine. It's not feminine. No, you don't have to like, you know, uh, uh, tackle other guys to be a man. You know, you can dance, you can express yourself and you can have fun. And it's like, you know, I look back now and you're making me think about it. Like at the time I was so, um, I think so much of my jealousy around cheerleading was like, oh, those people are happy mm-hmm. and joyful and they like themselves. And but I, they're, they, they didn't, I'm sure. They, I, yeah, but, <laughs> I, I mean, irony. They, I, mean, I projected that onto them. Yeah. You know, right? but there's like, there's this freedom in it that I just, I didn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, it's now I just, it's just the coolest thing in the world to me. Yeah. I, I mean, it really is. I was really happy. I mean, you're flying. I mean, it's literally yeah. you're f- making someone fly. <laughs> yes. It's just the ultimate freedom. It's so addicting. Like cheerleading yes. is so So addicting. addicting. When it's I just, get in these wormholes, yes. I'll go to Lexi or Gabby's Patreon. Yes. And then now my algorithm is like, <laughs> I'm really actually worried the FBI is watching me because I am like deep in like teenage cheerleading videos. <laughs> Because I cannot stop watching it. Yeah, and and it's do, so and, satisfying. It's so yes, and feels- doing it is so satisfying. Like just being thrown in the air is so satisfying. And like, you know, that small percentage that like I got such negative. Co- I mean, like I'm like y'all don't understand. Yeah. Like, have you not ever done anything you were so passionate about? Probably even not. If, even if it meant maybe you might fall and hurt yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, why do people go play football yeah. and get hit purposely? Because you, it's, it's just the feeling. It's not the trophy. It's Uh -uh. the feeling of earning the trophy, you know? It's also the, um, you know, and I think Gabby said this in a caption once that really helped me understand, I think, cheerleading on like a cellular level. It was like about trust Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're you're literally trusting someone with your life. Correct. Mm -hmm. And that connection, that intimacy, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like I tell um, anybody that I date, I always tell them like, I'm closer to a comedian that I've never met than I'll ever be to you. Like there's just an intimacy <laughs> there that's just you will never understand. And that's fine. It's like your team, there is a closeness there, a type of family. Absolutely. That no one will ever understand. No one. That connection. And how wild that um, cheerleading, which is all about touch, <laughs> and then the pandemic happened. Oh. Wow, that was oh gosh, this whole year has been wild. It's wild. Um, do you want me to talk about that? Like this, how this that went. I mean, down? that must have just been dev. I, I mean, I, it was the first thing I thought. Like as soon as I heard it, I was canceling a tour. I had to cancel fifty cities, yeah. and all I could think about, I was like, "What's going to happen with the Because <laughs> they have to touch each other. Like it's all. I mean, so many and people in my life that you know love you. Yeah. That's all we could think about. Yeah, I mean, we it, and it happened so fast. Um, you know, we were already on this crazy ride with the show coming out, and Andy and I were working ridiculous hours because we were getting pulled in so many directions. Mm-hmm. We everybody wanted something, and you know, Netflix why do you was, think it got, was so big? It I is think so big. I think because it showed it, it, it showed several things. It showed that. You can come from nothing. You can come from awful circumstances, and you can still do something. You can still make something of yourself. Like that doesn't define who you are. Yeah, 
your past does not define your future. And uh, it, I think it broke stereotypes of cheerleading. It, um, you know, one of the It most- showed you in workout pants. <laughs> it, um, you know, I had a lot of messages just about the fact when I was talking about how I had a conversation with my pastor about gay marriage. Yep. I mean, that was so powerful to some gay people that really that reached out to me like, wow, we're that to hear someone that's a Christian that has that belief that is going to stand up for us is powerful. And I had I was just talking like in that whole scene. I didn't even realize was being filmed for the I was talking to Greg, the producer. We were just talking. I didn't know that, you know, that was like going to be filmed and even in the show. Um, That's just who you are. That was just talking about church is what I was talking about because he was wanting to film me going to church. Because <laughs> it's also so, like, I mean, uh, it's just for me, there's a little bit of a like a stereotype about Texas as someone yeah. that is half from Texas. Yeah. There's a little bit of this like Texas people, or, you know, and I'm always yeah. like, that's just, you know, my yeah. mom, we grew up, we had gay Christmas. Yeah. You know, we had gay Christmas when it was just her gay couple friends, you know, and it yeah. just was like, I think there's a little bit of bad PR around Texas. Yeah. yeah. And I think so this coming out and showing you, it's like, that's the Texas I know. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. so everyone was like, yes, that finally not some stereotype about Texas being like not progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, like I had, I had a lot of people reach out to me about that moment and, um, just so many powerful things. Yeah. Just messages, I think, of hope. Yeah. You know, of hope. Yeah. And it's just thrilling. It was just so thrilling. It's yeah. just, a, I mean, I watched every episode in one sitting. I started, <laughs> no, I started at like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, everyone, I was hearing about it. And I was like, oh, I guess I have to watch this. And I watched it and I was screaming and crying. I mean, I was posting it. You saw it. Like, I just was like, it was just, it's everything. It's yeah. everything. And then you tie it up with the emotions of competition. And I mean, you know what but I mean? That is you, like a- but it also, it's just like this confluence of like everything I've worked so hard to try to understand and the way to change my brain and like how to be a, and I hate, I hate the phrase strong woman because it's redundant, but it's just like you having, holding your space and being so clear and being so direct and being everything that should be, she's a bitch and <laughs> no one called her a bitch. <laughs> My whole life has been trying to not be called a bitch. Like the fear of that word, if I'm too direct, if I'm too oh, strong. Oh, girl, that's a compliment. If I get, Come on. Come on. That's a compliment. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, it, and I, I've just lived with this, whether it's socially constructed or nature or nurture, who cares? But I've been so conditioned to believe, like, you just can't be a bitch. Don't hurt anyone's feelings ever. You're a woman. You're supposed to make other people feel comfortable. And like watching you be in that position of power uh, and... It was just, it was, it, all the work I've ever done, it just like, went like, that's it. I got it. It all like Aww. crystallized for me. It all like clicked. Thank you. It's oh. like, that's what I want to be. And a little clumsy. <laughs> Love it. Relatable. You <laughs> did that on purpose to be charming. Oh, definitely clumsy. So I think, but I think you're such a big part of it because everyone went like that bitch. <laughs> that's what I want to be. There's I'll not be a, that bitch. There's I'll not be, a, I'll be happy to be that There's bitch. not a lot of female role models that um, don't feel fakey right now. And so you just came in at a time. Well, thank you. I, I mean, that's a huge compliment. I appreciate that. I agree. I do. And like I said, I just, 
I never knew that I was supposed to be feel any different. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yeah. It, I, you were set. You're a conductor. Like you were chosen. Like I know none of this is conscious. <laughs> none of this is like you weren't calculating doing this. This is just who yeah. you are. Like honestly, when they came approached me about it, which I think I got off topic and never finished that story. That's what a, this is what a podcast is, just being off <laughs> yeah, topic. It's just so tangent much. after tangent. When they approached me about it, I was like, this is a great opportunity to recruit. I mean, my team is so incredible. And we have this special thing. I don't even know what it is. You know, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But we're special. Uh-huh. I knew we were special. I mean, I'm like, we come in here the work that we do, like the bond that we have, the family that it is, it's special. Yes. I would love for people to see that. You know, yes, I know y'all want to do a documentary on a, a cheer team that's good. Yeah. Yes, I want to take yeah. that opportunity and, you know, show the world this special program that I have, and it's going to be great for recruiting. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Business, all business. Cheerleaders all will business. watch it. Yeah. And actually, I was even... Just hoping that cheerleaders, because you never know. Yeah. Hopefully, cheerleaders will watch this documentary because I never in a million years thought a, someone that wasn't interested in cheerleading would watch it's cheer. It's a metaphor for everything, though. Right? It's a metaphor for every business. But I had, you know, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, that was my thinking going I on. learned things watching this that were, like, applicable to, like, running my business. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just, but I had no idea. So you're only as strong no as the weakest link. Yeah. In every part of your business, your family, everything. Yes, yes for sure. And it's also so. like, I, this is, uh, I'm already sniffly and, and, and being emotional, but it's like, <laughs> I, like, there's this moment where um, I'm 38 years old. I, I came up in a business that I was very pitted against other women. And, um, I grew up sort of just being taught women are your competition, whether it's for a man, whether it's for a job, whether it's for attention, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And lots of, you know, weird shit with women. We all do, right? And I, in the last couple of years, like I've had this shift of like, of growth of learning, like, like supporting women is, is self care. You know, like I, I like I've been able to undo some of this nasty programming around Mm women and because elevating other women makes just fills me up, mm-hmm. you know, um, and get her up there. Yeah, <laughs> get her up there. <laughs> it's yes. such a, it's like my life motto. It's like, get her, get up, her up there. there. Yeah. Like whether it's a female comedian that I like want to produce a special or a female, like it, get her up there. And it's like a writer that uh, can't get their show made. I'm like, I'll produce that. Let's get her up there. Like get her up there is like my Whole oh my gosh, thing I love now. that. I love that. Get her up there. Yes. You know, so it's like elevating other women and men, and of course, too. It's this isn't yeah. about gender really, but it's just like, and then you, like, get just get her up there. And like, it's just, I, I, there's just so many metaphors that made so many things click for me. That's, it's like what you did awesome. is, it's just so important to, um, people that have know nothing about cheerleading yeah and i had no i had no idea yeah like honestly i had no idea i know and like i said i feel like i've been working on this project for so long 2017 that was a long time ago and then i had to oh it was just crazy because uh my our president at the time was super conservative and Uh so i was like oh i don't think he would ever go for this yeah but but my athletic director at the time was very supportive Uh and he was like oh we need to you need to do this and I was like so we had multiple conversations and then they wanted to come out and film us in the 2018 just to see if we were a good fit for each other and um then they said yes we want to go with y'all we want to you know send over a contract and and then we had 
a new president come in, yeah. a new athletic director come in. So it just took a you know took a while, but and you know they finally agreed on everything, and then we filmed it once again. I'm only thinking in terms of cheerleading. This is a great platform. Yeah, yeah. And you know we're like when it came out, I was like. I mean, I watched it before it came out. I got to see it before it came and out. what so happened? Knew, was there anything that you were like, did you? No, I mean, obviously I didn't, had no, I mean, we just gave 100% trust in them. Like, we're trusting you because that could go a lot of different ways. Yes, it can. <laughs> you know what I yes, mean? Yes, it like, can. And so we put 100% trust in them. And I mean, I had nothing to hide. I'm like, I'm proud of this program. And, you know, so put it out there. But I, I mean, I cried multiple times watching it. Uh, just because, you know, I know these kids, but when you hear them talk, when you see them and they're, yeah. you know, they're crying and you see their family, I don't, it just it hits different. But, is it, it but hits you different. probably saw people talking about you not around you for the first time. Yeah, but, you know, I'm tough-skinned. I just mean, like, people talking about how much they revere you and look up oh, to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much they need your approval. I mean, yes, you already knew yes. that probably wasn't a surprise. Wasn't a surprise, no, because, you know, we are we talk, we talk tell each other what we think all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good or bad. Yeah. And so I definitely knew that they felt that way about me. I mean, that's why I do the job, that right? Like pressure? Like, you just don't, pressure doesn't compute into your No, brain. no, pressure, it does. I mean, but I think that's, you know, it's so weird because, um, I, especially been out here these past few weeks, I'm like, what am I learning about myself, you know? And I feel like I, one thing that I kind of have felt is that I think because of my job and me wanting to be such a good role model for these kids, it has really kind of defined my, almost my personality a little bit and who I am right now. Like, where you might want to say something really raunchy on social media or something, you know, you're like, oh, I can't say that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, ha you have to think about who right. you're influencing and or whatever, yes. you know, and I'm like. You're conscious of your impact. Yes. And I think that I've been that way for a long time because I know they're looking at me and that they're looking yeah. like, what would Monica do? Yeah. And so I have to live my life. I can't just come into practice and I mean, tell you, them that. I have to actually live I it. I mean, that's a spinoff of what would Jesus do? Well, okay, well, you're, we're not going to put my, you know, I'm just saying, but like you're on the though, same level as Jesus. I'm just saying when you're impacting kids and they're not, they're not going to listen to you in practice if they don't see you living those words. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And so when I'm saying, hey, work hard now, you know, you can be successful in anything you want. You know, like you have to put the time in you, the dedication, the whatever, like, or don't go out and do this crazy thing or whatever. Well, I have to be walking that, you know, same uh -huh. path. And so that's part of the what drives me. I'm like, I need these kids to see what hard work looks like. Right. You know what I mean? And so, but it, I think it might have, I don't know, I just have really been analyzing, like, has that like, like molded my personality a little bit? Like made me even more serious than my person, you know, like I know I'm already kind of a serious personality, but would I, you know, where would I have gone if you, I would have been in a different, you know, If you weren't, field? you didn't have so many eyes on you. Correct. You know, and, and response, I mean, that's a huge responsibility when you, even if it's just one person, when what, you're trying to influence someone that's young and they're they're at crossroads, like what, how their future's gonna go, you know? It's like the kind of thing where it's like, you're a hero to everybody else, but then your own kid, like, like I'm just so fascinated by it. Cause you're just mom at home. Yeah, just mom. Yeah. But you know, I think they are super proud of me. And I think they have that same level of respect yeah. because they've seen firsthand the sacrifices that I've made yeah. 
for my job and, you know, how hard I work. They're the ones that see that I don't come home till late at night, on, you know, yeah, multiple times a week or whatever. You walk the walk. You know, and I don't, or I have to miss this family event or that, that party or this because I'm working. Mix nuts. Coffee. Wait, are we... <laughs> Buffalo sauce. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Melatonin. These aren't even on camera. Because only you're on camera, so you have to take them. But can you show them to the camera? No, you have to. I'm giving them to you. Lemonade. <gasps> okay, so I am... Peanut butter. Such a sucker for packaging. Cayenne pepper. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The tuna. <laughs> okay. I've talked about the tuna for months. This is unbelievable. It comes public, in a box. I'm obsessed with public goods. That comes in a box very beautifully, and then you take it out of the box. Public goods sponsors our podcast. Thank you, guys. I, I love public goods. What a treat. What a privilege that we're sponsored by them. Yeah, it's a one-stop shop for affordable, sustainable, healthy household products. Everything's healthy. Did you know that? Yeah. Fun fact. Duh. I didn't Duh know. I just thought hickey. it was good packaging. And then I got it, and I was like, wait a minute. Duh hickey. No, but it's just, it's like... I, this is my dream, okay? <gasps> my hydration bottle's from there, too. <laughs> like, yeah. Hydration bottle? So, here's the deal. Life is so stressful and chaotic. And what I love about this company is public goods, everything is simple. It's streamlined. It's That's what I like. streamlined. It's relaxing. Like, I just want everything in my house to be public goods so that it all... It all looks alike it makes me feel like i'm in like a scandinavian museum yeah it's all very like you open my cabinets and i feel like i got everything um curated for me it feels like someone came in my house and curated each product the way that products are marketed to us now are so insulting and and the way they're packaged it's like screaming at you it's yelling it's tacky I don't like. Yeah, tacky. they're trying to get my attention. This lets me pick the this product. This is like a. It feels a bit like a. It's rustic, zen, modern, clean vibe. Because it's like I work so hard to clean my house to make sure my space is peaceful, and then I pull out a ketchup bottle, and it's just like covered in confetti and ugly ass purple colors, and I'm like, you just ruined my house. But beyond that, I mean, read the back of that bottle. There's nothing. There's no preservative. It's all see. It's like what you see is what you get. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Beautiful inside and out. Public uh, Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products you know like sulfate-free you know, shampoo, hand sanitizer, and tree-free paper look products. How great that packaging is. Direct. Oh, yeah. I bought the toothbrushes, the Clear. toothpaste, the shampoo. To the point. <laughs> I got all of it. It's soothing. You know what it is? This packaging, is so it soothes me to look at it. It's like a spa. It's, it's like a spa. And then this is like... This looks like you got it from the most expensive store around, but it was but it's not expensive. wildly affordable. I think the razor blades are a dollar. Wild. For, you know what it is? Classy. They're all ethically sourced. Class, and they classed it up. Well, here's the thing. They're ethically sourced and obsessively this. developed. In this in this gorgeous packaging? Gorgeous. Oh, no. I have the hot cocoa one, too. <laughs> I'm stunned. They're ethically sourced and obsessively developed. Each Christmas of their products. Just saying. Each of their products are free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common in many drug and grocery store shelves. They're committed to making their products healthy oh, and safe so for good. humans, animals, and the environment. They also sell dog products. 
pet products. They're just the best? Mm -hmm. You mean the best? We worked out an exclusive deal just for Good For You podcast listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you absolutely love their product and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Whitney and use code Whitney at checkout. That's public, P-U-B-L-I-C, goods, G-O-O-D-S, dot com, forward slash Whitney to receive $15 off your first order. This- $15 will get you a good bit on there, too. Is- what do I know the most about, Benton? What do you know the most about? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, you know the most about uh, spiraling. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, what? what? The brain? <laughs> what would I be if I wasn't a comedian? A centaur. <laughs> <laughs> you know the most about pets. I feel like I'm a dog. I'm a dog lady. Animal behavior is my thing. That's my obsession in life. And the thing that I think the biggest disconnect between people and their animals, they assume that dogs, their pets are like have the same brain they do. Yeah, they're in the same emotional state as yeah, the owner. Yeah, never. Never in the same mental state. And dogs get bored. They get bored. And a lot of the maladaptive behaviors that you're seeing, whether they're chewing your shoes or they're chewing your couch or they're chewing your rug or they're barking or they're running in circles, like they're just fucking bored and have to do something. And we want our dogs, we want to remote control our dogs. They don't have IG Live. They need something to do. <laughs> we want them to be robot dogs. And turn. They, we want them to love us when we lick them when we want them to lick us, love them when they want to. But that's not. Yeah, we had those robot dogs in the 90s. They don't know what Remember a computer them? is. They don't know we're busy on a call. You know, they're going to bark. So I'm very into this. Um, it's an it's a mat. It's called an IQ treat mat. Hyper pet, yeah. I am on antibiotics, so I can't pronounce it great. It's Hyper Pet's new so IQ treatment. Someone mat. say it in a way that it yeah. don't get fired. It's Hyper Pet's new IQ treatment, a slow feeder mat that not only provides entertainment, entertainment and enrichment to your like, dogs and cats, but it also helps reduce anxiety as well. It's basically like watching, it's a fidget spinner for your dog. It's like your dog is anxious, your dog is stressed out. And when your dog gets stressed out, you get stressed out, and it looks at you, and then it's feeding off your stress, and now it's even more anxious because of fucking the way you're behaving, and you're all freaked out, and you're just calm down and freak yeah. out. And studies show that repetitive licking can actually increase endorphins in the brain, helping to soothe the pet. IQ treatments can keep your dog calm during stressful situations, ranging from being in new environments, if you're in a hotel, if you bring your dog to home for the holidays, fostering moving, new dogs, which you do, new dogs, which I do, then meeting I new pets. This, I use this treat mat, the um, uh, IQ treat mat which I'll be able to say really well when I'm off antibiotics. Um, when I have a foster who's coming in who's super nervous because there's a lot of new dogs around, you know? And he's in a new home and you're he's new. In a new home, right. Weather changes, fireworks, <laughs> stress, you're having a yeah. party. When you have- Grooming, party, it's good for grooming. People don't understand. We have parties at your house, you have dinner parties. It's like your dog's freaking out. Yeah, because it's fucking anxious. It's wired to hurt everybody. Like it's freaking out. Give it the IQ treat. Matt. IQ treatments are made in the U.S. and they are top 
rack dishwasher safe for stress-free cleaning. HyperPet is offering good for you listeners 50% off their first IQ treat mat order. Go to iqtreatmat.com slash Whitney to browse their selection of slow feeder mats and use the promo code 15 good for you for 15% off at checkout until the end of the year. While you're there, check out their other interactive dog toys and help keep your pets active and enrich this you're, winter. You can't just get a dog and not give them something to do all day. They're bored. You're boring. You're on your phone all day. It's the least you can do for your dog. Why is my dog so crazy? Why is my dog biting people? Because it's fucking bored. I'm fascinated. I remember um, watching uh, when you guys was is it what's the is it 4-H? What's the thing when they walk the cows around? Yeah, FFA. FFA. Yeah, like watching. Like I am so curious about your relationship with animals and your daughter's relationship with animals because I yes. think it's so key uh, for young people to be around powerful animals. It teaches yes. you boundaries. It teaches you how yes. to be regal. It teaches you how to be decisive. It, it yes. teaches you how to. Um, uh, rely more on body language than verbal, you mm -hmm. know, like it just raises yes. strong, badass people. And so yeah. I was just curious that. Yeah, I mean, she's done both the kid, both, both of my kids did FFA. My daughter did it way longer than my son. But um, since they were old enough, which is like third grade or something. So they've had animals to raise where it started off with some rabbits and uh, gosh, Allie's done rabbits, pigs. Uh, she did steers the past when she, you know, all through high school. Love it. Uh, yeah. Oh, those were her babies. And that Love was such it. a neat relationship because this huge, powerful animal, she'd be asleep laying down. on. Love you know, it. They would be both laying on the ground together. So it. just awesomeness. Yes. And, and yes, that teaches such responsibility. Um, Consistency. Yes. Say, say what you mean to me, what you say. Yes. A lot of times, you know, we're taught to say like, Oh no, thank you. It's like uh, yeah. there's there's an uh, incongruence between what you're saying and how you're saying it. And yeah. we, it it an, animals, especially large, powerful animals and prey animals, they teach you that your body language is everything, mm -hmm. and your body control and the difference between your shoulders. I remember I was working with my Liberty trainer with my horse, and I couldn't get my horse to look at me and sort of respect me. Mm -hmm. And it was like the difference between my shoulders being here and here. It's like, so well, look crazy. at your posture. Yeah. yeah. It was just sort of like, why would this animal respect you? you yeah. Respect yourself. You know, it teaches <laughs> you like the way you feel about yourself yeah. is how the animal feels about you mm -hmm. and how how contagious our energy is. Mm -hmm. Our nervous energy, our positive energy, our negative energy. Like I remember the first time I went in uh, to do the equine therapy thing. The whole session was just an hour standing with a horse in a ring and Whenever I would be insecure or scared or my thoughts would be like, I wish this horse would come near me, it would just walk away because they're so repelled. They're so, I mean, they're prey animals. They've yeah. evolved to re move away from fear. Yes. And our insecurity ultimately is just fear. Yeah. It's our parasympathetic nervous system. Like we're just making cortisol. And I, any kind of need or desperation they're disgusted by, <laughs> frankly. So he'd move away and then he'd move away and I go like, you know what? Fine. I'm, I'm not going to be around this horse today. I guess this horse doesn't like me. It's fine. I'm just going to stay. And then it would walk close to me because I was being like self-aware and I had uh, surrendered to it, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, it's it's just wild. Wild. How, so wild. How I think powerful that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we're, the, our whole family, big animal lovers. Yeah. And I think the whole FFA thing just huge such a it just raises good kids you know what I mean yeah. like kid, kids they're good people when they when they do that yeah they're responsible they like you said I mean teach us so many different things so what is what happens after Navarro 
What I mean, not, thank God for Instagram, and they're going to all start brands and have their own lines. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, most of them go off and, and you know, cheer to university. Yeah. And, um, but the, the neat thing is I have, we have such a close alumni group. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have a Facebook group. We talk all the time. Even kids that were on the team 25 years ago when I first started. So, right. oh, wow. uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I get messages a lot about how they, you know, got a promotion at work. And it was because of the work ethic that they learned uh-huh. at Navarro and just things like that. So even if they go off and do whatever, I feel like they take a piece of something that they've learned yeah. from the program and from me with them and, um, you know, are grateful for it. So. What do you think your competitive, like, what is it? Is it inherent? <laughs> I think so, for sure, because I've always been competitive. I'm like that, too. I'm the one, I ruin game night. Yeah, me I'm too. the one that ruins game night, because I'm like, the rules are the rules for a reason. <laughs> I'm the one that's got the timer and the sound. Like, it's a time Like, I lose friends at game night. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's me, too. Yeah. I mean, competitive. What is it? What is I that? I think it, definitely inherent. I mean, you're either laid back and like, well, it's whatever or no. you're like in it to I'm win the, it yeah no you're in it to win it yeah no i've lost many friends at game nights because <laughs> i'm like he fucking cheated get the fuck out of here like i'm calling the police like i get so competitive that's hilarious it's wild i'm just so curious there must be a biological basis for it it goes back to why do we love football so yes, much yes, I mean, it's just yes. crazy i don't know it's but i think definitely inherent for sure uh i don't think you can force yourself to be that crazy yeah <laughs> I mean, we're just crazy have you lost any friends that have been jealous of your ascent i don't think so or like has there been any reorganization of your uh sort of like surroundings like i i do find when people get success very quickly you find out sort of you know i mean i keep my my close friends my circle small. Yeah. I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies, right? Yeah. And so, hold on, hold on. That's some like fucking Texas wisdom. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. Love it. That is like some Texas boss bitch <laughs> wisdom, dude. I love Texas wisdom. <laughs> rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. So good. Right? Though no, I mean, so good. So I mean, my friends are. God, they're just so supportive. I mean, me coming out here for Dancing with the Stars, let me tell you, my whole community and town went crazy <laughs> when I got in the bottom two a couple weeks ago. Yes. They they have it on the school district's website. It's Monica uh, Mondays for Monica. Yeah. They would everyone wore red. All the kids wore red to school. Like the we whole need to get those photos. We'll put them on. Community went crazy in support of me. I, I was overwhelmed by the amount of love and support of people that I don't even know calling me, calling uh, me their girl, my girl. Uh-huh. You know, and I was like that. So, uh, nothing neg. I've not yeah. seen. I mean, just so proud. And, you know, I've not seen anything negative. I've not seen anyone change the way that they treat me. Yep anything they've been the best small town greatness small town greatness yes that's i think that's a i think one of the awesome things about being from a smaller town Uh like people just have each other's back 
And what is this? Because I'm obsessed with how we've been conditioned to not trust our guts and our intuition. You see, you're so connected to your intuition. We talk about the gift of fear on this podcast a lot, just about how sort of um, we've over pathologized a lot of our feelings. Um, you know, women, if you have a feeling you're to calm down, relax, you're crazy, you're psycho, you're sensitive, all these things, when those are actually superpowers and yeah. you and their superpowers <laughs> and we should be like, uh, you know, we tend to minimize them. Oh, I'm being crazy. I'm flattering myself, you know, when we think uh, someone's dangerous, oh, who do I think I am? He's not, you know, he's, yeah. me with that, you know, so um, we talk about that a lot. Like, I remember the moment when the Morgan moment, when you like saw something in her, what is that clairvoyant thing? <sighs> you just have an instinct and you just don't doubt your instinct. I mean, I think there's always, you always doubt yourself a little bit and everything, but. Like, have you ever been wrong? Have you ever been like, there's something more than you're like, oh, I was wrong. Um, I mean, of course, I'm sure. I think I don't think so. <laughs> I know you're trying to be humble. I don't think so. You know what my dad used to always say? It's so funny. He used to always say, I've been wrong one time in my life. And it was when I thought I was um, when I thought I was wrong, but I was really right. <laughs> Texas wisdom. <gasps> So, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, obviously, I'm sure I've been wrong before, but I mean, I do. Yeah, I have a good instinct and I can I mean, sometimes you put people on the team that you've never met before through video or something. Uh -huh. you're like, eh, that 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 person didn't give me what I thought just because I didn't get to actually meet them in person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I also was thinking about you so much because when people on the team like don't get along or don't have good chemistry, mm -hmm. my instinct would be like, I have to make them get a, like you're you just let them work it out. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and once again, I like to communicate. So yeah, like, I, but I like to communicate. Like, it's I don't ever feel like it's good to embarrass someone because you know it's it doesn't doesn't it, help. No, it doesn't. So like, I'm not a big yeller. Like, I mean, yes, I yell when it's necessary or when my you know like can't picture it. You know, there's moments that happen when. What's I like your What's your third rail that will get you fucking mad? It's it's when I've when I've dealt with something for a long time uh -huh. and then it's you know what i mean like if if i've tolerated your shit for a long time <laughs> and it and you're acting you know whatever on a certain then i've i'm tolerated as much as i yes, can yeah, and now you you're your about limit. to get the wrath of me yeah, you yeah. know what i mean so but but most of the time i like to pull people to the side have a conversation and say look let's what's going on like what what do we need to do what or and if there's two people that are not getting along uh-huh uh, usually I'll have a conversation with each of them separately, separately. and go, okay, what? Like, what is this? You just don't like them? Yeah. Or you heard somebody say that somebody said, because usually that's not even true. Yeah. Like, let's get down yeah, to Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, you know? Yeah. And normally, like, it's always some something that's not even like an issue and it's or it came from a certain, yeah. just some kind of childish yeah. BS. You yes, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And uh, we can work it out. But at the end of the day, if you just don't like each other, that's fine, too. Yeah. That's fine. Don't we don't to. always have to like each other, but we have to work together. Yep. And that's... And respect each other. And respect each other. And that's going to have to be something you're going to have to do for the rest of your life. Because there's going to be jobs. There's going to be w whatever uh, positions you're put in where you don't necessarily like the person. Uh -huh. But y'all have to... Y'all are teammates yeah. in business or yes. whatever. Yes. And your goal is the same. And y'all have to get the best out of each other. See, so, I love like, that because we, and Bet and I fight about this a lot because this <clears throat> next generation, 
you know, it's all about I'm authentic and my feelings matter and I can, I, you know, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not going to be uncomfortable, which I appreciate that this next generation is going pushing back on some of the like normalizing abuse and normalizing abuse of power and all this stuff. But there's also, and I always feel like I'm being so like not PC and traditional when I'm like, yeah, but sometimes you have to pretend you like people you don't like. Like you can't yeah, go to I mean, your job and be like, well, I'm being authentic and I don't like you. It's like, well, then you're going to get fired, you know? Yeah, because this isn't an, I mean, un- unless you're working for yourself and you have no one to, de- yes. like, the- I mean, don't like, do it in not- your relationships that are, don't pay you. Yeah, but if I the mean, check is clearing, sometimes you're going to have to. I mean, that's what teamwork is about. That's right. And so except radical acceptance and going like, I don't have to like you to get along with you. I respect you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I agree. Let's let's find some common ground on where yeah. we need to be yeah. like on this movement of. You know. And then has social media been a problem at all in terms of distractions? Like I when I do television shows and I think I've, I've been overly draconian about this. uh because I'm a control freak, but I'd be like, no phones, like, because they threaten me and make me, because I know how distracted I get yeah. when I get on the phone or when I, you know, yeah. and so I was like, no phones, uh, you know, do you have phones at practice? Are you, like, is there They have to turn rules? their phones off phones at off. practice, and if the phone goes off, uh-huh. then the whole team has to do back tucks at the end of practice, so. Love it! Yeah. Because it is a distraction. So it's yes, a distraction. Your, your phones have to cu- go off when you're in practice. You don't get on your phone during practice unless we're doing like choreography that's like five hours long. Yeah. We'll go. Okay, y'all have five minutes. Go chill. Get on your phone. Whatever. Yeah. But other than that, no, you're not on your phone at practice. Half of them are like running businesses off their phone. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, every once in a while, they'll say, "Hey, I have to take this medicine. Can I turn my alarm on to remind right. me?" Yes. Go right. ahead. That's not a problem. Or hey, my. Mother's going to call me because I have this important whatever. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Or yes. put it right by me. When it rings, I'll give it to you. you yeah. know I mean, Love obviously, it. Love it. you know, there are things that matter. But just on a normal... It's like day- dangerous yeah, to yeah. be that distracted. Yeah. So, no, phone's off and... And yes, there's punishment if you if your phone goes off when it's you know when it if it rings or whatever when it's supposed to be turned off. So, what's the worst injury you've ever seen? <sighs> um. I have seen... Have ever seen a bone come out of the skin? No, never seen a bone come out of the skin. I've seen some fingers, like, that are pointing different directions. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, that's actually a minor injury. It's, yeah. it's really freaky to look at. Yeah. But it normally it's popped, you know, just easily popped back in, and then it just might hurt for a few days. But uh, I've definitely seen some fingers going different ways. I've seen some... <laughs> um, I've seen some teeth knock back uh, where we were doing a basket toss and the girl's feet didn't make it through so they hit one of the guys and he had these beautiful straight teeth because uh, he had, had braces yeah, <laughs> oh, oh no and they were off oh no oh no so we got him quickly into a dental surgeon <laughs> oh, no. and uh, yeah they got him put back into place <laughs> oh no put yeah. some chiclets in there yeah we got we got that one fixed up but <laughs> that was kind of you know gruesome to look at um Sherbs, you know, that was actually filmed. Yeah. Her elbow was dislocated. And yeah. I mean, I knew that I, I, I try not to freak out because it just know. makes it worse. Yes. And so, I mean, I looked at our, our student trainer and I was like, because the hospitals across yeah, the street, that I was like this bad, but you know, you yeah, can't freak out. I was like, out. you know what? I think I said, we're, we're just going to go get it looked at. It's 
it's yeah, it's a little swollen. <laughs> you know you have to no, be calm even like, though you're freaking oh, out. Yeah, it's like facing a different direction and I'm like, that shit's He's either like, broken or definitely <laughs> dislocated. I don't know. That shit is it's broken. broken. <laughs> I was like, but I'm like, make I'm talking with my eyes to um, Kiki. I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I mean, I can't panic because yes. somebody has to be in control. Because you inherently know that if you panic, and this is what oh, that's gonna, I yes. learned from prey animals and being around horses, if you panic, it's just make everything, it's oh, going to exacerbate so the situation. Worse. And you know, I got a lot of hate, like, the, the hate that I got was, you know, you don't care about the kids. Because no, they don't. You don't go out. I'm like, well, that's not my job to go. Yes. I'm not the trainer. And you're going to make it worse yes. if you go and panic. And if Monica yeah. goes over and goes, oh, my God, everyone's going to be freaked out. Right? And so, I mean, yes, when I feel like something's serious, I will definitely go over there and I'll be the first one to like, the, it's going to be okay. You know, the whatever. The best thing you can do is actually just stay calm. Yeah. So that because... Um, uh, a lot of times, and you know this inherently, like injuries, like, you know, I had my ear bitten off <gasps> oh. <laughs> by one of my, uh, oh my gosh. Res- uh, one of my rescues. And, um, it didn't hurt until I, other people started freaking yes. out. Yes. It's, it causes it, panic because we have a, this sort of, uh, uh, self-preservation instinct where, yeah. um, oxytocin will be sent to the wound. It actually, you don't really feel yeah. it. I saw it in the mirror and I saw it hanging off my head. Oh. And I was like, felt it, and I felt the blood, and then I started driving myself to the hospital, and then I I started getting really shaky, like I just had so so much adrenaline is sent to the place, so it kind of feels good and numbish, and then I... Uh, uh, had to stop at this construction site, like a one-way thing, and the construction worker looked at me and start was like, because I was like covered in blood, <laughs> oh ears bleed like a lot, and then I was like, ow, it hurts when someone else panicked. Yeah, because and that and that's exactly why I try to not show any emotion or at least stay positive. Yeah, oh, it's it's yeah, it's, you, you know, know instinctively that that's yeah, what's and make so it worse. I, I was confused on. You know, of course, I don't, I'm watching the show, and I know what real life. You want to see my ear? That yes. Oh gosh! <laughs> wow! Oh, it was wild. It looks great, though. It looked. Thank you. It, it got great. so yeah. It got stitched wow. back up. Wow! Totally stitched back up. Um, but yeah, it was like this. It made me realize like you're not really in pain until other people and that's why they say like exactly. when your kid falls you don't go oh my god are you okay you're just it took me exactly. a while with my nieces to not freak out when a kid falls because mm-hmm. so, they look at you to figure out how to react exactly and I don't I don't react nor and I'm always try to stay calm yes. and positive it's going to be fine yeah it's probably not a big deal yeah. because I think a lot of times too people the kids freak out because not because of the pain they they instantly go to I'm going to be taken out of the routine. Oof. I can't perform. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that to that to them is bigger than the injury. The injury. And so we definitely don't want to cause that panic yeah. or oh it's nothing or you know whatever. Yeah. Um but I was shocked at at the people that they just don't know. Me. They're just that's just ignorant. Yeah, yeah. That's, I was like, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, I But know people this. are allowed to be wrong. People are yeah. wrong sometimes, you know. Yeah. But just like yeah, I mean, I know they showed every That's like single when, time we fell, probably, not all the 1,000 times we got it right. I know. I saw <laughs> that when you were on the AOL build. Uh, like, you were talking about that, about how, like, 
they, of course, they're going to show the falling the most. Every single time. Yeah. And, you know, but but people took falling as, like, I got really ugly comments. Like, even someone commented on my Dancing with the Stars post and said, I hope you break all your bones like you make every, your cheerleaders or something. I was like, first of all, I haven't had a broken bone in a long time. Okay. I mean, my kids, like, we don't break yeah. bones. Like, we... You know, we might tear an ACL tumbling, yeah. but that's not me. That like It just know. means you're famous. <laughs> it's, that's like, all it is. I'm like, it, it's, it's like that. Think of how much pain. Think of how sad your life has to I be mean, so to go sad. out of your way. But it's so also sad. it's also they love you. They watched all of Cheer. And now they're watching you on. They follow you. I mean, so, they're I mean, obsessed I mean, with you. Like, y'all that's my new theory. Is that like <laughs> everyone that hates you loves you. Maybe you so, I mean? because you are they taking watched, my page out to leave me something And they ugly. watched all of it. Thank you. Just thank you so much. Anything you write on my page means you love me. <laughs> and it is just so funny because it's like I have this new relationship with negative comments where it's like, if you don't agree with them, they can't hurt you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's the only time they can really hurt you is when they yeah. say something you agree with. Yeah. But I realized this person that it was like, oh, my God, when you like... You're getting older. And I was like, and I was like, at first it hurt because that is a woman. That's like my. And then I was like, I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, you're dead. I know. Like, <laughs> what if I wasn't getting older? That The only thing weirder than getting old, not getting older. Like, so it's just like everything you insult me with is kind of, it's just hard. I think once you, if you're just living authentically and doing the best you can with the tools you have, like people can't get you unless you're keeping secrets and being yeah. authentic. That's when people really were able to hurt me, you know? Yeah. And it's sort of like, um, yeah, there's something just so liberating about <laughs> just seeing uh, the root of the negativity. Yeah. Which is just there in pain. I, I, I agree. And I mean... I'm like, project on me all you want. If this makes you feel better, if that made you feel better, <laughs> that's my thing. Like, I just am sort of like, because self-righteous indignation and criticizing and judging people, is it's a drug. I mean, it yeah. makes you feel better about yourself when you, that's what. And that's I, so weird to me. Like, I would never, like, I like to uplift people. Because like, you're like not insecure. Look, yeah, get her up there. Get her up there. Get her up there. Get her up there. Yeah, but you're a, 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 a alien. You're a freak. <laughs> you're a Texas freak. All that Mr. Pibb that you had in utero. Dang, all that sugar, something. <laughs> How are your parents? Good. My Well, my dad had a stroke like five years ago. So he's, you know, he's yeah. not doing that great. And is it, did he lose function? He's lives by himself still, but uh-huh. that's questionable. I mean, uh-huh. We've been talking yeah. to the doctors about, should we have him in assisted living? Yeah. I think it's getting close to that point. Yeah. Um, it, it really messed up more mentally. Uh-huh. Like he, he... Our role switch. We take care of him. Yep, yep. It's you know? a it's a wild moment wild. in your life when the, that role reversed. Both my parents had. And stroke. he was such a strong. He was the leader. Like I said, that was the. He's never been wrong. Yep. But one time, yep. and it, you know what I mean? Yes, one that time was, when he thought he was wrong. Yes, that was the person I looked up to. You know, and suddenly overnight it's like switched, and now we take you care become of him. the parent. I do his finances, you know, yeah. my sister does all the doctor appointments and stuff like that. It's just a bizarre. So surreal. It's yeah. And so it's like it's almost like I lost my father that moment when he had this, that relationship was no longer was gone. So it's uh, it's been hard. I mean, like hard. <laughs> it's been really hard. My mom, they're divorced. So my, my mom is uh, I mean, yeah, she's remarried and. You know, that's a very normal relationship and stuff like that. And actually, it's very it's strange because the divorce wasn't necessarily, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't the friendliest, you uh-huh. know what I mean? But uh, now she helps us take care of my dad. 
Like her husband oh, will go take my dad to get his hair cut. That's so fucking Texas. It's so awesome. Just to radically forgive yes. and stay close. Yes. I mean, it was. To not hold resentment exactly. and anger. Because the first few years were like weird. Like, okay, we got to have a birthday party for yeah. these parents. And now we need to do a different, you know, the kids, they can't all come. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. it's strange. Yeah. And so we worked through that and uh, got to the point where we could have, you know, all of our uh Christmases together. We could do stuff together. Yeah. We could do You don't holidays. have to have five Christmases. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And then after my dad had the stroke, my like I said, my mom like really stepped up and her husband and they, you know, especially when if he's having a bad day, my sister and I are like, Can you come help us? Like yeah. we don't know what to do and she'll come over. So I mean it's been it's been great. So Wild. Wild. So <laughs> life is crazy. Life is wild. Life I mean, it's wild. just surreal. Last thing I'm going to um, say, I know I have to let you go at some point. I've kept you for so long. Um, but uh, my child, I just want to run through a couple of my childhood things with you. Uh, Six Flags Over Texas. Yes. Was my childhood. I, re- awesome. I remember uh, uh, being going on a, the, they would brag that the tech, the techs, the big techs, was the only wooden roller coaster. The Texas Giant. Texas Giant. The Texas Giant. And what was so fun about it is you would sh- it would shake yeah, when you were scary. on it because it was so <laughs> poorly made. <laughs> yes. Hashtag that's, Texas. That's part of the that's part of the scare, the fright. Is that is re- that you get could I'm collapse like, at any moment? This thing is gonna fall apart. <laughs> is that still there? Yes. That's so fucking yeah. Texas. Yeah. That's awesome, right? And then uh, <laughs> my childhood was a lot of. Um, Trying to get in the car, but the handle was too hot. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you yes. can't that's get August. In. That's yeah, August. That's, that's, that's August. And then you Texas. you can't have leather seats. You get no. you can't. You have towels on the seats. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of towels on seats. Yeah, getting in the car in Texas in the summer is an ordeal. July and August are kind of rough. Hey, I, I uh, October one year when I was at a football game and the soles of my boots melted off <laughs> in October. I, it was so hot. I thought, you know, October would be fine. No, I thought I'd stepped in gum and I, cause my, I was like walking strange and I looked down and the soles were like hanging off. Amazing. Both of my boots. I had to tape them on with athletic tape. The fact that you're wearing cowboy boots in October is the wildest part of this story. Can we get her some flip flops? So now, uh, full circle, Joe Rogan has moved to Austin. A lot of people are moving to Texas because of crazy California taxes and stuff. (laughs) It's always been in the cards for me to move back to Texas. I was looking at places in Austin a couple years ago. Still, where do I go? Oh, gosh. Well, am I a Dallas person? Am I a Houston person? You're you're definitely a Dallas person because that's much closer to me. Yes. But that's all I need to know. But I, are you ready for this influx of California libtards? Um, it depends on who you are. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have some Texas in you yeah. a little bit, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Texas is very friendly. We we love everybody. It's it's bizarre when you go to no, a I know. Re- state and you're like, oh. No, I remember growing up, my aunt, um, uh, my aunt Sandy, who's uh, in... Uh, uh, Sherman, Texas. Uh, my uncle worked for Texas Instruments making calculators. Mm-hmm. And she would, I remember as a kid, we'd be like on the way to whatever the Piggly Wiggly or wherever <laughs> where I would shoplift. I owe them so much money. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like, I'll hit my, I'll hit your Venmo. Uh, she would like pick up people off the street. I, I mean, she would like pick up hitchhikers. Like I was just like, as a kid, you're like, what's, what are these? She just, and then it was stopping by and dropping off some cake and dropping yeah. off some. It was like, we were always 
just to go to the grocery store, we would drop by mm-hmm. people's houses unannounced. Yeah. With Entenmann's cakes and cookies. <laughs> and it was always like, we got to stop by and bring these cookies. And then after big meals, it was always wrapping up in Tupperware because we're bringing it to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you know these people? Like, I had to bring stuff to neighbors. Like, it was just the amount of kindness. Yeah. I mean, we're kind people. And so, when, you know, I can, I can remember going to, like, New York and being, like, hi, to, you know, to no, a friendly conversation no. with someone at the store. Just get the, And I'm like, oh, okay, they're not having a good day. No, like, like, no I mean, in L.A., like, it's, it's, it's you, yeah, you, it, in L.A., if someone says hi to you, you're like, are you a Scientologist? Are you trying to get me into your cult? Like, it's so, you get very suspicious. Yeah, it's, it's strange because I like to smile and, you know. Thank you and whatnot, yeah. and they're like, no, no, no contact. No, <laughs> I mean, Texas, like everyone's your family, yeah, right away for sure. Take care of each other, have each other's back. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, if you have that kind of attitude, you can move to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> if not, fuck out of here. Yeah, because <laughs> she's Goodbye. got because she's got a gun under her bed. And goodbye. <laughs> um, okay, so you're going back. Um, Thank you for doing this. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I've been looking forward to it for how many months? I mean, this <laughs> is this is like this is I can't. This is my. This is why. I mean, this is just surreal for me. Oh, you've had such a big impact on me. Well, thank you. I had no idea. I appreciate it. I mean, I did not know when we made the documentary that that you know it would be so impactful. So well, just it's, so many women can go. You can be. Beautiful and strong and decisive and feminine and masculine and direct and wear knee-high boots and be gorgeous <laughs> and wear an, an equipment blouse and <laughs> tight jeans and fucking be a mom and a sex symbol. You can be all of it. Because why not? Yes. And you can look beautiful and wear sparkles and sequins. and Like you can do all of it. Because I, I, it was at a time where I feel like there was this this narrative going where it's like to be a strong woman, you had to look a certain way and act a certain way. And you had to you weren't allowed to have feminine qualities. Yeah. And you are like, no, feminine qualities is what's so powerful. Right. You know, I mean, I, yeah. And nobody should tell you what you should be. Yeah. And I've had this whole thing. I mean, when I started stand up, I was like, I can't wear makeup. I have to hide my body. I have to no. wear loose jeans. I have to wear a hoodie. I have to wear flats. I have to wear sneakers. I mean, me, when I started doing stand up, I looked like one of the kids from Stranger Things. I mean, I was like <laughs> hiding my femininity because I thought femininity I was was weakness and it was something to be ashamed of. Wow, isn't that weird? Isn't That's that bizarre? Sick. Yeah, that kind of and cheers like, <laughs> it's, like rel- it's just relentless femininity, like that's strong and awesome. I mean, it's just like it's it's huge. It's huge. Boys can channel their femininity, that's and right. it's strong and awesome. I mean, yeah. like that. Like it's just like whatever you are, it's fucking awesome. Exactly. Chris, thank you for sitting through all this. Oh, thank you for having me in the room. <laughs> thank you for showing me that men aren't trash. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I've had a lot of, and I know a lot of women can relate. Like it's, I've seen a lot of um, bad marriages and, div- and divorce and a lot of women that come from that, like have this narrative that men are bad and men don't want to be in relationships with women if they sh- can shine and they get a, like just you really help rewrite my paradigm about men well i appreciate that <laughs> I mean, i'm here to support her you know yeah i'm my biggest supporter i think she's doing so i mean how can you not be 
fired up and be in her corner 100%. So To be in her corner, like that's just so... It's just really power. It's really powerful and poignant for me Aww. to see that, yeah. and you being a part of like changing. Like so many young girls watched your watch the show, and whoo, so many young girls watch the show and know that that's what a relationship should look like. Right. The guys should support the girl. Oh, and I didn't learn that. So you're, I know, so you're, you're teaching a lot of young women how they should be treated and what they deserve Absolutely. through this. Yeah. I mean, that's so sweet. To me, that he really is. He should question. sit on the couch and compliment his wife. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a real marriage. He does. Every day. He literally is the best. Yeah. I mean, you make it easy to, uh, <laughs> to be a good husband, but <laughs> it's, it's really, um, that, that's just not something that's been in the zeitgeist. It's like the man uh, you know, the man comes, you know, uh, uh, the woman acquiesces to the man on the man's schedule, um, scare. You know, it's just, that's yeah. all I saw. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. see a man cheering a woman on and wanting her to win and succeed. Wow. Yeah. I, which I can't understand. I mean, I guess our parents, you know, you look back, you know, the older generations may have been that example that you gave, but, you know, yeah, we're realists and kind of, yeah. Respect each other, and I mean, because there's I don't this see it any of, other way. I did this, I, and I did a special about it where I was like, because I was so off, or at least what I saw was so off. I did this whole special of like, men don't like strong women. Like a lot of people, ha like a lot of women are afraid of shining bright and getting bigger because they're afraid it's going to like emasculate a man. Like we have this like false narrative that don't shine too bright, you know, don't be alpha because so weird men. It's it's so weird. Like I just—it's some LA shit. Really. That's a, I mean, it's some LA need shit. To move to Texas. I, know, I don't know what the hell that is. Like I'm Texas like, men—they want their women making money, do, yes. uh, running shit, being powerful. Get out there and work. Come you're, on, you're not, not threatened. <laughs> no. You know, like they're like I—I I just think it's important that women see like like the, the right men are not going to be threatened or intimidated by you. a lot right of a lot man. of women here you're intimidating to men you're not approachable you're intimidating well then he's not my man then he's not my, he's man. Not my man what kind of bitch would be intimidated by me i mean right that's just not intimidated at all chris yeah. <laughs> Chilling. Can I tell Chilling. you something? And the alpha, the true alpha sleeps. True, truly powerful people can allow other people to have power. Oh yeah, that's you. Yeah, oh, which that's a huge compliment. Yeah, that makes makes sense to me, but I, I wouldn't see it any other way. The male lion sleeps all day, and the female lion <laughs> like, <okay>. runs shit. <laughs> I'm like, the male lion. Yeah, the male lion yeah, wakes the... up to eat fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman uh, the woman works all day else. yeah it yeah. goes and kills shit all day it's Monica that's right drags it back to <laughs> that's the house that's it that's, <laughs> that's right she's just like killing other lions yeah. and all sorts you wake up to just oh, procreate and go back to bed yeah. your work here is done right I love you guys don't ride elephants this is the best day of my life <laughs> this is the last episode of the podcast I don't need to do anymore my work here is done <laughs>